Our speaker today is Joanna Yeo, CEO of Aruka Capital. Joanna has lived and worked across finance, data science and technology in roles focused across food, clean water, climate and financial inclusion. Her first full sentence as a child was, no, I do not want, in protest to being pushed into a swimming pool before she could swim. It worked and she's been vocal and active against any form of coercion ever since, especially for those who, like children, are not strong enough to resist just by physical strength. In a talk full of energy and enthusiasm, Joanna talks to us about creating impact through inclusion and identity. My name is Joanna Yo. I'm the CEO and founder of Aruka. We are scaling access to climate finance and carbon markets for smallholder farmers in emerging markets across Asia and Africa. Our vision is to scale to $100 billion in sustainable finance. Um, just in Asia, just to give you a sense of the scale of the problem, it's, there are 450 million smallholder farmers. They produce 80% of Asia's food, which is an $8 trillion market by 2030. And yet, they're severely underfinanced. But people often ask me why. Um, I was born and raised in Singapore. I didn't grow up in an emerging market. My family doesn't farm. My background is in capital markets, data, Silicon Valley technology. Um, why am I doing this? Why now? There's 400 basis points in rate hikes. Everyone's pulling back. Why are you heading where everyone is pulling away? And there are a few layers to this answer. Um, and I'd start with a couple. So the immediate catalyst was learning an estimate from the World Bank that there are about 100 million people across Asia who are just at the poverty line. They were going to emerge from poverty, but instead they stayed or became poor because of the pandemic. And you know, that was a shocking number, and I felt like I had to do something about it. The other catalyst, and this is a broader um, journey, and I'm soon going to introduce this framework that I call the 3I framework. Um, to, to walk it through and make it more generalizable to all of you. Um, but this is a story about Nepal. Um, and you know, as I'm telling the story, maybe you guys can think through personal stories too that have spoke very deeply to you. When I was in graduate school, a friend had come back from fieldwork in Nepal, and she shared that she observed a lot of sex trafficking activity. And this was a systematic go-to-market strategy by trafficking rings to go and target poor families in poor villages. And they would go in, you know, we all know the power of conditioning, right? They'd say for two weeks, your whole family's gonna die, you're not gonna make it. Um, and at the end of it, with no lies, no, you know, there's some job somewhere else, no kidnapping, they would just ask point blank, but you could sell us your child as a prostitute. And under those circumstances, many do. And to me, that was like not acceptable, right? I was both sad and angry. And I also felt a clear crystallization that market infrastructure is not fair. There's something that needs to be done scalably to connect vulnerable groups at scale to economic opportunities. And I wanted to do something about it. Um, and while this is my specific story, I want to, you know, this is an event um, for people to think about what they want to do. Many of you might be in the audience, you're thinking about something, do you want to build something? There's so many opportunities around us, um, all these new technologies. Um, so I'd like to frame this with three eyes and to encourage all of you to think through this framework as well. So the first eye is identity. And so this is my trigger that made me feel sad. 
I identify with the people in the story. Many of us in the audience remember the Asian financial crisis. It was hard. My parents are both exposed to real estate. I know families who went bankrupt. And yet, sitting in Singapore, we were so surrounded by privilege. It was difficult, but not a single one of us would even consider prostitution as a path um, to putting food on the table. It's because with our privilege, we had access to information and capital that, had, that offered alternative paths. And that leads me to the second I, which is inclusion. And that's why I felt angry. Why should it be a privilege to have access to information and capital? These are things that are available in abundance. Right? Um, we grew up, I grew up in Singapore, many of us did. Our national pledge says regardless of race, language, or religion, that we're based on justice and equality. Like, it's not perfect, nowhere is perfect, but there is a shared agreement to honor differences um, and that there is a special flourishing that comes as we share justly and equally with others who are very different from us. And there's some flourishing that comes from this inclusion and from uniting around common goals. And so those two triggers led me to impact. It was my call to action to connect vulnerable groups at scale to sustainable economic opportunities. It had to be at scale because a systemic problem needs a systemic solution. And somehow it was also very, very clear to me, even though I had no idea how, that it had to be commercial. For it to be scalable, if I go in and I help one off, that's very, very important. But then next, how do I scale up? Right? I just came back from the Asia Climate Week in Johor Bahru, um, which is the pre precursor to COP. A lot of amazing groups doing amazing work on the ground, and the big question everyone has is how do you scale up? Um, and so this, the catalyst of identity and inclusion and the call to take action with impact commercially is what then led me through my journey, first to graduate school in game theory and data science um, to pick up the tools to understand markets, then to the buy side to understand how capital gets allocated, deal level and at scale, how do investment mandates get formed, and then to fintech and blockchain with the Silicon Valley-based company with some alums to understand the new tools at our disposal that we're seeing all around us at this festival that are fundamentally disrupting finance. All of this to understand how to solve the problem of market access for the unserved. Fast forward to the pandemic, when I learned about the 100 million more people dislocated into poverty in Asia, I felt that the moment is now. If I did not take action now, might there be even one more family, 10 more families, a million more families that are targeted scalably by trafficking rings for trafficking into prostitution? And that would not be okay. At the same time, this was an interesting opportunity to do so commercially, right? There was a massive uptick in digitalization. Southeast Asia achieved by 2021 the digital payment volumes that were originally targeted for 2025. Now there was data that could make this done commercially at scale. So I sold some shares in my past company and started Aruka, which is now a digital platform enabling the financially unserved, um, many of which are in digital supply chains across emerging markets in Asia and Africa to access carbon markets and sustainable finance at scale. And I won't lie, talk to any founder and any of you in markets as well, you know it's been hard scaling finance to the unserved in a risk-off environment with war and 400 basis points of rate hikes. But while it is very hard, every time I meet someone I haven't seen in a while, they say, oh wow, you look so happy. And I think it's because I came to this path through this 3i framework. 
Um, so I feel very happy every day, even though there are so many challenges ahead. In one of our projects with the 300,000 farmer ecosystem, there's a national food crisis. What we're doing is not only going to immediately help them, but it's also because we're doing so commercially, it can scale. And so in this current environment that we're in right now, I think this is where I want to now take this and generalize it. Many of us have come to Singapore FinTech Festival to share things that we're doing, to explore new opportunities. Um, and the big question is, where do you go, right? There's so many paths you can take. Um, and there's so many opportunities, um, but it's also a challenging environment. And I'd like to invite you all to think about the 3i framework as I close this sharing. And it is a call to take action to impact, to identify what you honor, and to think about applying the same framework to get there. Aruka means complete healing and restoration. I have applied it here to access to markets for the unserved, and that keeps me going. But taking a broader step back, we have such a diverse audience here. Imagine if each of you takes action from identity and a call to inclusion to impact. Some of you are already living that out. I can see some of you. Um, I celebrate you. You're building things for financial inclusion, for people you want to make new market pathways for, even though you have many other more comfortable options. And for those of you who haven't yet thought through this, even if you don't notice it all the time, Notice what makes you angry, right? And, and that is probably what you honor, right? What you identify with, what you think should be included. And I would then like to encourage you to apply the 3i framework in the same way and to take action to achieve impact. There are $4 trillion in underfinanced areas in our path to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. How many of these might find solutions as each of us practices the three eyes from identity and inclusion to impact? And as I close, um, it's the last day of the Singapore FinTech Festival. This is the biggest and most global yet, and I think it will continue to grow and to continue to grow more global. And in that context, why Singapore? I want to come back to an original version of Singapore's pledge, which you can find on the internet. It says that we are to build a society where justice and equality will prevail and where we will seek happiness and progress by helping one another. This is not the pledge that most of us grew up with um, if we are Singaporean, but it's the original version. And to me, that's what it means to be a true Singaporean, regardless of race, language, or religion. Singapore was built as a nation that honors diversity. It's an incredibly diverse audience. You know, this was our strength that took us from third world to first. Having now reached first world status to be able to host an event like this, can we now return back to the vision and the original pledge where we seek happiness and progress by helping one another? Combined with the super trends we're witnessing at SFF, if each of us took action to impact with the things that we specifically identify with, the people we identify with and want to include, and live out this original vision for Singapore, a 3i community that moves intentionally from identity and inclusion to impact, starting with what we honor. I am so excited to see what will come forth, the impact, the perseverance, the businesses that will come forth from SFF, from this tiny red dot to the rest of the world in the coming decade and beyond. Thank you.